Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Well, look, uh, I'm feeling good about where we are. I really am. You know, uh, the folks uh, are starting to focus in. And the guy we're running against, uh, he is uh, he's not for anything. He's against everything. Uh, no, I mean, it. it's, a, it's the weirdest campaign I've ever been engaged in. It's even worse than in terms of his behavior than the last time in 2020. And, uh, you know, Kamala mentioned there's so much at stake. And you all, this crowd really knows me extremely well. What you saw on Friday night was just the first round. There will be additional response actions taken by the administration uh, against the IRGC and these groups that they're backing. You know, I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, you know. Some of you, some of you going to go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you made it robbed. Some of you don't belong in the category. No, 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 that was it. No, when I get nervous, I tell the truth. Grammy's rigged. It's readily apparent I have sound. From somebody who says it. In addition to Jay-Z. I can't believe I'm talking about that. We'll talk about that later on. Welcome. It is the Brett Winterville Show. It's good to be here with you today. Uh, the border bill is terrible. It's not a border security bill. This is uh, panic setting in with the progressive left, uh, understanding that uh, America has almost completely turned their back. Now, now there are a lot of liberals and, and, and leftists who are still totally buying into the nonsense. But Americans, by and large, have turned their back on, on this game that is being played. Look, to quote Joe Biden, uh, look, um, I have spent... The better part of three years telling you that you committed insurrection and you're enemies of the good people of America. I, I've told you that. I've told you that at every turn. I've told you I've, I've given speeches. I've yelled. I've brought in Marines. I've uh, given speeches with the red lights on me in Philadelphia talking about how you people, you MAGA nation, ultra MAGA, MAGA, MAGA terrorists, all that. I told you you're absolutely rotten. And I, I have to be honest with you, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling sad. Me and Dr. Jill Biden, I'm, we're feeling sad today because I'm down by 10 points to the guy that I said was an insurrectionist. And what that means, according to my calculations, is I'm wrong again. I'm wrong again, says President Biden. The border bill is terrible. <clears throat> it's not a border security bill. It's, it's, it's just garbage. It's just garbage. It's it's a way to institutionalize the breaking of border policy in a permanent basis. It's been endorsed by Alejandro Mayorkas. He thinks this is a good bill. That should tell you to run like uh, like you've never run before. The border bill is terrible. We're going to go send like one hundred and sixty billion dollars to, to, to Ukraine. Really? Every dollar in that bill needs to go 
to border security and none of it goes to border security. They don't want to put migrants in front of judges. They want to put them in front of asylum officers. I'm sorry, what did you call that, Brett? Asylum officers. They don't want to put them in front of a judge. Asylum officers. They keep the Flores decision, which means 21 days and you're free to go. It's a terrible policy. I'm introducing a new bill right now. Follow me on this, folks. Follow me on Twitter. I'm introducing a brand new bill right now. The Republicans and normal people need to introduce the fixing Joe Biden's obviously open border bill. I want us to put into law the fixing Joe Biden bill. The fixing Joe Biden bill. This is what we need. Fixing Joe Biden and his broken border situation. Joe Biden will not sit down for an interview with CBS coming up with the big game this weekend. He will not sit for an interview with people who would literally wrap him in bubble wrap and they would massage him with a warming pillow the whole time and let him talk about whatever he wants to talk about, including uh, playing with the hairs on his legs. I mean, all of that. They they would be the most loving, caring, caressing, mutually uh, uh, satisfaction-guaranteed moment, and he cannot go out and do an interview with CBS News. Are you kidding me? When you... When you sidle up as a Democrat to see BS News, to see BS News, you're going to be taken care of so well. And I know why it's the case. It's really incredible. Joe Biden will not sit down for an interview with CBS because Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are going to endorse him at halftime. I mean, that's it. Right right on the 50, baby. Right on the 50. You know why he's not. He's got to be in the stands to receive and to and to and to stand there grinning like a hunter in the night in the hands of a lady. The hunter, a hunter, those hunters. The name of the bill will be called the Fixing Joe Biden bill. Fixing Joe Biden. This, this is so unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. This is so remarkable. I can't believe Chuck Schumer lost control of his own caucus. I can't believe it. Did he think, did he think that any of us were going to get on board with this? Did he really? When your biggest border hawk is Kirsten Cinema, who's not even a Democrat, she went and decided she was going to be independent. She, she's not able to sell it. That weirdo Chris Murphy from Connecticut's not able to sell it. None of these people are able to sell this bill because it's a complete and total sellout. Just throwing money, bad money after bad money after bad money. I'm going to get into the details of this. This is a terrible bill. Some would say a terrible bill. Really, why, why would Joe Biden not want to be questioned by CBS correspondents when the report on his stolen classified documents are coming out? It'll be awkward. See, he's freaking out about this. They're, they're yelling and screaming inside the White House because um, Mr. Her, don't be confused, H-U-R, Mr. Her is going to release his report this week. This week, it's going to be released. It's going to be Joe Biden's stolen 
lifted security documents that he was not entitled to because it didn't happen when he was president. It didn't happen when he was vice president. It happened when he was a senator. We're going to see the pictures. We're going to see what the documents were. We're going to find out about that. That's actually the reason why Joe Biden cannot possibly sit down with CBS News. Because he won't be able to come up with a good enough answer with CBS News. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I'm not joking about this. This guy is in, it's a term from the Wild West. He's in a box canyon right now, and he's got a hope that Kamala Harris is going to fly overhead, drop that ladder, and have him climb, scurry back up into the helicopter where they can get off to the safe uh, confines of of the White House or uh, Delaware or someplace overseas. Yeah, they don't want you and they don't need you. 704-570-1110, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is uh, good to be with you. Let's uh, jump out on the phones. Let's take a call from Dan. Dan, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, sir? Hello, old friend. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am simply peachy. Hey, you know, I want to point out that the thing that, to, that incenses me the most is that when Biden and Schumer and that whole crowd talk to us, they have such an amazing amount of intellectual superiority yep. and arrogance to believe that we believe, that we actually believe this Bravo Sierra they're shoveling our way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that, to me, is the greatest insult in planet Earth, that they actually treat the, the constituency that they're that stupid. They think we're a bunch of serfs. Well, here's the thing. First of all, if we're going to fix the problem, I think, honestly, we have to have an allocution from the president and from the Democrats in the Senate and the House explaining to us what what is broken with the border. Tell us how did it happen and how do we fix it? Because we know he signed 94 executive orders on day one. Almost all of them were connected to breaking the border. And that's what he did. And now he's looking for us to save his bacon because he's 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 plummeting in the polls. Well, he's so arrogantly tripped forward to basically negate anything he could that Trump did. Yes. And I listen, I could not agree more with the fix Joe Biden bill. Yes. One thing I would say, though, they should have done it a long time, much like we had our beagle fixed before he had Hunter. They should have done it a long well, time. Well, we don't want to get personal like that. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. We need to have. We need to have a uh, Fixing Joe's Border Bill. In fact, I think that's what we're going to call it. We're going to call it the Fixing Joe's Border Bill. Because it's not, it's not your border. It's not my border. We didn't do anything to break the border. He broke the border. Um, and so it's going to be uh, fixing, Joe's, uh, fixing Joe's Border is what we're going to call it. It's the Fixing Absolutely. Joe Border. One of the border. things I agree with Coakley on is he needs to go play shuffleboard. Uh, you know Just what? send him off to play shuffleboard. Uh, you know what? Look, everybody's got their, their lot in life. And the lot that we have... As the American people are um, having to fix Joe's border. And that's that's a problem. That's a problem uh, that, that we're going to have to take care of. And we'll see how it plays out. Dan, always wonderful to speak with you, my friend. I appreciate you being uh, on the program. And, and again, I'm, I'm about solutions. I'm not about recriminations. I am about laying down the proper reality for people. So let's let's take a look at, at this this so-called border bill, but fixing Joe's border. Uh, let's let's take a look at this here. OK, uh, the fixing Joe's border 
uh, that they are proposing is, is, is really just stinking to high heaven. So let's dive into this a little bit. The Senate has released its long-awaited border bill uh, that reportedly increases the inflow of legalized immigrants into America's communities, workplaces, and schools. It's titled the Emergency National Security Supplemental Appropriations Act 2024 bill. It is 370 pages long. 370 pages long. It is accompanied by multi-billion dollar appropriations bills intended to fund the resources needed to register, release, transport, and house migrants in Americans' coastal communities and inland communities. Now, here's what's interesting about this bill, and it's something that should not be overlooked. It's $2.3 billion for those um, those those uh, welfare organizations that show up every time there's a crisis at the border. So in other words, uh, uh, Fronteras, uh, 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 you know, we're going to see the Fronteras groups. We're going to see the Soros groups. We're going to see all those groups that are, that are out there running around. And they're going to be the people that are going to benefit from the dollars. I mean, it's really incredible. The bill includes a gift of five of 50,000 extra green cards per year. This giveaway would be a gift to Fortune 500 companies to pull in more foreign workers via the various visa worker programs. The programs including the H-1B worker program, the L-1 company transfer program, the E-2 program for foreign business and management programs allow companies to pay imported workers with the offers of American citizenship. That's fine. Do that as a standalone bill. Don't put that in there as an omnibus. Because the issue is not skilled workers, not people that have uh, stuff that they can then bring into the United States. What, what, they, what they have right now is we don't know who's coming into the United States. And so we have to fix Joe's border. FJB, I mean, that's what it, it's the FJB bill. It's, it's fixed, fixed Joe's border. The bill advocates are touting a support border shutdown trigger in the legislation, which is a lie. If you have 5,000 migrants arriving each day for a week, or if 8,000 arrive in one day, the, the, the border would shut down. But Joe Biden can override the shutdown of the border and can say, I'm leaving it open because it's humanitarian. So there's no, there's no enforcement mechanism here. There's no enforcement mechanism. And, and that's a shame. It, it, it's a shame. But he did this on purpose. He did this on purpose to pay off uh, a combination of people. And you can kind of figure out who those people might be. But among them are the progressives who wanted to backfill schools and wanted to backfill communities and things like that because people are getting out of these communities because they're not safe. So what are they going to do? They're going to put they're going to put migrants in, in these communities and say, yeah, you can live in these neighborhoods. You can go to these schools. It's going to be awesome. Well, you're going to give them citizenship, Joe? No, we just want them to be working under the table like that's what that's their plan. They won't give them the dignity of citizenship. If they if they did, that would be a whole other debate. You got to understand, go to the core, go to the history of the Democratic Party. They, they, they put people in slavery and servitude and all of these things, and they're just trying to build the band back together again. It's not a good plan for America.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show, 704-570-1110. So I want to take a dive into a couple of things here that I think are uh, are big-time important, okay? Number one, you cannot possibly buy the hype about this um, th- this poll that's now out. I- I- I've seen it in a number of places uh, about Trump leading Biden by 10 points. Uh, I-, I don't... I don't I don't think anybody if you're if you're supporting Trump, you you need to run like you're down by 14 points because of everything that is coming in these next months. Um, Chutkin's case is still moving. Uh, Jack Smith's case is still moving. Um, Fannie Fannie Willis may be on the ropes, but but they that case is continuing to move. All of this stuff is happening all at the same time. And so. Uh, it, what I would say to people, because I, I had a conversation with somebody over the weekend and they said, what's the most effective way to persuade people? It's to talk to people one on one. There's there's no shortcut to this. I mean, you can run commercials, but eventually the commercials, they just sound like noise in the background. I mean, you, I, you can you can probably think of five commercials that I can allude to without even saying what they are. And you're going to know exactly uh, what I'm talking about when, when I mention like the, the five commercials, okay? Uh, you 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 want you want you want a you want a hint? Uh, life insurance, uh, can't sleep, uh, towels, uh, sheets, uh, pillows, uh, uh, the five <laughs> the five letter word for what you should be focusing on if you want to make sure that you can leave something behind for your family. I mean, all that all that stuff. Like, you know what all that stuff is, right? So when you're running political campaign commercials, and I'm not, this is not about radio. I'm talking about television, okay? Radio is very effective because um, you have a much different sort of messaging model. What you have with television is something totally different, okay? And you have to, if you want to persuade people to your way of thinking, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, I mean, I don't care. I'm just giving you advice to, for the sake of advice. You need to persuade people on a one-to-one level. That's why these people go up to Iowa and, and stick around for, you know, for months visiting 97 counties or 99 counties. Um, th- that's why people go up there, because you want to have that interactivity, right? You want to have that interactivity. Once you start shooting out these cannons and you're just hoping something's going to stick uh, to persuade somebody, it's, it's not as effective. It's why the rallies were so effective. In 2016, for Trump, first of all, he harnessed the power of celebrity. And secondly, he harnessed the power of entertainment. I mean, that's those were two of the things he had. He had celebrity and entertainment, and he had a plan where he said he was going to secure the border. And you could argue that he did secure the border. He didn't finish the wall, but he, he did secure the border. What did Joe Biden do in 2016? He didn't run. Uh, Hillary Clinton ran. And she relied on surrogates to talk about her. Remember, in 2016, Barack Obama practically took up residency in, in the state of North Carolina. I mean, I, I was out watching it out of California, and it was like every five minutes, Barack Obama was in North Carolina stumping for Hillary Clinton like he was going to move there, like he wanted to be the governor of the state. And when you, when you look at all that, it doesn't carry the same cachet as that person-to-person effect. Like I was watching earlier today, 
Nikki Haley. I know many of you are not fans of Nikki Haley, but she's out there doing the work in Charleston. She's out there doing the work, meeting up with people. She's she's showing her face. I think she's still going to come up short, but you know she's out there retail politicking. Commercials are 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 great on television, but really the only way you kind of turn turn the tide is late in the campaign, and it's when you've got the two candidates going at each other. Then you can run the, the commercials that are dramatic, that are uh, incisive, that are those sorts of things. Um, there are a lot of very strong, very strong political consultants that have run campaigns uh, for the better part of 50, 60 years. Um, and, and, and you only have to think about what Al Gore did with the uh, with the Willie Horton ad, don't forget that was an Al Gore uh, ad before it was uh, subsumed into uh, the, the the Bush uh, the Bush campaign uh, in '88. Um, that that was a very effective campaign uh, against Michael Dukakis. That was an extremely effective uh, campaign uh, strategy that way because you're speaking to emotion and you're speaking to a core value that people have. The core value that people have is is overwhelmingly. Um, the core value of safety, security, all that sort of stuff that we're talking about. And so as a consequence, as a consequence, um, you, you know, we are we are looking at at a storyline that's going to run for many, many, many months. I mean, it's it's February the 5th. It's February the 5th. The campaign is going to run a num- another nine months from right now, another nine months from right now. You're going to see uh, that campaign uh, move on here. And so that's that's what we are we are looking at top to bottom. And so as a consequence, what's the answer? Well, as a consequence, the answer is you have to have good messaging on a one on one basis. You have to be able to compete. You have to be a credible candidate. So what's happening here with this border bill that we were just talking about? There is no credibility for the for the caucus, the Democrat caucus or the president uh, on this, because he broke the he broke it. He broke the bill. I mean, he broke the border. And so as a consequence, you know, when you when you look at all that sort of stuff, you have a, a situation where you you have to be acting in a way that is consistent with what people are perceiving. All right. If, if what people are per- perceiving, you, you have to offer up something consistent with the narrative that's been running out there. So one of the biggest narratives that, that you have heard from from the current president of the United States is we have got to spend a ton of money um, in Ukraine or Ukraine is going to fall. He's been saying that for two months. Ukraine is not falling. It hasn't fallen. It's none of that. It, it's just not a consistent message. And that's the problem. That's the fundamental issue right there. You have to remember that. If you're going to play the part of a comedian, you've got to be funny. If you're going to play the part of a serious lead, you have to have the skill set for that. And and when people expect something from you, you have to deliver what they're expecting. Unless you're going to completely turn the ship around. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. News Talk 1110 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. And guess who just came into the studio? <clears throat> Very welcome. Del Falwell. How are you, uh, Mr. Falwell? It's good to have you here. I'm doing fantastic. It's always great to be in the studio, and I found the uh, Pat McCrory footstool here. Yes. So uh, it's just awesome. 
It is. It is there. It does exist. It, it, it continues absolutely. Um, you're out there on the run for governor of the uh, great state of North Carolina, the great North State. Um, how's the campaign going so far? And 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 what are you hearing from uh, future constituents uh, of of the state? What I'm hearing is that the Republicans, especially and many unaffiliated, are tired of losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that every single one of your listeners is conservative in some way, shape, or form. They may cut that toothpaste in two to get that last drop out. Right. They may take that little thin bar of soap and put it on top of the new bar of soap yep. and continue using it. Uh, and my reputation is that I actually govern and explain conservatism without offending people. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to restore our Republican Party back to what it was nearly 50 years ago when I joined conservatism, common sense, courtesy, humanity, humility, and ethics. That's what people are thirsty for is the, is, are those items. Talk about uh, the role you have played as, as somebody who's a servant uh, for the public uh, and, and what it is that you want to carry forward uh, in a concrete way. What I want to carry forward is uh, taking the skills that God gave me. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not the most hateful person in this race, and I'm not the richest. Right. Uh, but God gave me the vision to see what needs to be seen, the humility to listen for what needs to be heard, and the courage, not the rage, but the courage. Mm-hmm. It's ironic that rage is inside the word courage. I mean, it is. But <clears throat> C-O-U-R means from the heart. Right. It's not enough just to complain about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, you have, to, you have to fix it. And when it comes to the touch points for your listeners, uh, DOT, Board of Elections, DMV, uh, DHHS, mental health, foster care, the crime lab, Mm-hmm. All of those are cabinet-level agencies that report to the governor of North Carolina. So I'm applying uh, for the job to be the CEO of the biggest business in the state, and the root word of governor is to govern. It's a verb. Can you um, talk for, for the audience uh, about some of these great accomplishments you've had so far, being a good steward of, of the, the purse and things like that in this, in this uh, state? I'm wearing a lapel pin that has NC on it. Yep. Uh, it stands for nothing compares. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade places with any other state treasurer in the United States based on some mathematical things, not political or emotional, mathematical. Right. We are in the process of retiring 60, 60% of the state debt over eight years. Wow. No state can claim that. We're in the process of eliminating the corporate income tax. The personal income tax has been halved. And too often, and I brought this mirror in here, uh, too often elected officials when they're out campaigning, they point the mirror toward the citizens. But the night they get elected, they point the mirror back toward themselves. Interesting. It's very important when I answer your question that we give credit where credit's due to the taxpayers, the employers, the General Assembly who's balanced its budget, and the hardworking state employees who helped me, for example, eight, nine years ago, uh, pay off one of the biggest unemployment debts in the history of North in the United States mm-hmm. and build a billion-dollar surplus in 31 months. Wow. You know, when, when you are humble enough to listen to the people who actually do the work in state government, mm-hmm. it's stunning the f- fantastic ideas that they can bring you. I notice you have something else there on the, uh, on the table. What, what do we have there today? <clears throat> this is our latest battle in the former uh, words of former Congressman uh, John Lewis. I seem to get into good trouble every day. <laughs> uh, the blood that runs through me is Quaker, mm-hmm. uh, which means that we focus on being fair and just. And I believe, as an elected official, if, if you focus on doing the just thing in the beginning, there's not as much need for charity at the end. Okay. So, first year I was elected treasurer, I got 65 Christmas cards. The second year I got five. Wow. 
and two of them were to deceased treasurers. So I only got three. Wow. <laughs> My point is, is that when you ask the tough questions of the powerful forces in our society, uh, they don't like it. So uh, we've taken on Larry Fink and ESG and the Wall Street cartel, cut mm-hmm. $700 million of Wall Street fees out. Wow. Uh, battled ESG. I asked for Larry Fink to be fired. Uh, we've taken on the insurance companies, um, the prescription drug companies, and this is the Wagovi weight loss drug. To put things in context, my wife Cynthia always says put things in context. The General Assembly just gave a 4% bonus to 250,000 retirees. Okay. That was $170 million. Wow. This drug is being consumed by 22,000 retirees. I mean, 22,000 people. It's costing us $170 million. Wow. So this one drug, this one weight loss drug, has the potential of torpedoing the financials of the state health care plan that so many of your audience who teach, protect, and otherwise serve depend on. I'm not questioning the efficacy of this. You know, obesity is a serious issue. Sure. What I'm questioning is how much they're charging us for it. This can cost nearly $1,600 in North Carolina. Wow. In the home country of the, of the manufacturer of this drug, $250. Wow. So what I've asked for them to do, which is a conservative thing, sure. is to sell this to us for what they sell it to the people in their home country for. Mm-hmm. That's all I've asked for. But this was the highlight on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, of the News and Observer, uh, Forbes, and also uh, – the New York Times over the last two weeks. I mean, look, that's that's guarding the treasure. That's guarding uh, the, the people and, and, and making sure things are going to run efficiently and at a proper price. Mm-hmm. So you have a debate coming up tonight. It's a debate not with another Republican. Right. Because none of the Republican opponents will show up for these job interviews. OK. Uh, they haven't showed up at one district meeting or one county meeting that I've that, that I know of. OK. Uh, and this is with form, former Supreme Court Justice Mike Morgan, the Democrat, the Libertarian candidate and the Green Party candidate. Because we are the only ones that will show up and discuss these important issues that are facing the people in North Carolina. And the number one issue is this, is that the next governor of North Carolina is going to have to understand that this is no longer the state of the union. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to be states of the union. And that's why I've stood with Governor Abbott in Texas on because North Carolina is a border state. That's just one example. If folks want to get there, uh, find out more about this debate, it's coming up uh, tonight, 615 to 915 at Camino Church. Mm-hmm. Um, get out there, learn about these candidates. Where do people get more information about your candidacy, sir? Uh, they can, thank you. They can visit ours at uh, DaleFallwell.com. They can make uh, online contributions there if they like someone speaking to them like adult and hopefully what they hear makes common sense. Uh, all types of volunteer opportunities, but uh, I need their prayers. I need their, it's time for them to get serious about their vote, and uh, I could use their financial support. And I will tell you that I am the only treasurer in the United States who's a platinum member of the Econo Lodge. Right. <laughs> Excellent. And I Excellent. will be the only governor in, of, of the United States who's a platinum member of the Econo Lodge. And it's a pleasure to have you here in studio, your lovely wife as well. Good luck out there on the campaign trail, and let's uh, let's stay in touch. Well, let's have fun. Conservatism and fixing things should be fun. Absolutely. Well said, Del Falwell. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. It's great to be with you here today, 704-570-1110. Have you changed your mind yet about the... About the border security, are you are you are you on board with having the border become secure? Because the president and uh, Chuck Schumer and the rest of them, they're not serious about this. I told you that in the beginning of this last hour. I'm serious when I say this. I want to I want to really make America a better place, and it's not going to work because what's going to actually work is, well, fix. Joe's border. That's the new policy that has to uh, come into effect. Fix Joe's border. Uh, You must be a part of this move. We cannot believe the stuff that's coming out in this bill. This bill is no good. They're doing their homework with uh, 20 minutes left in the uh, in the semester. It's too late, too wrong, too incorrect for the uh, crisis that we have in our country right now. Uh, Look, how angry were you last week when you saw the police officers in New York City getting beaten up by uh, this gang of, uh, of, of, of thugs? How, how angry were you? You probably were really angry. Now, what if you saw that in your town? What if you saw a group of people coming in and beating up a cop or beating up the cops there in the middle of town? You, you, would, you would feel angry about that. You would feel violated. Well, what happened with these thugs? What happened with them? Well, they were put off on a bus and pointed towards California. And still Alvin Bragg wants to try to tell us that he's going to bring them to justice. How? How, Alvin? You're busy with your lawsuits and, 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 and all that sort of stuff, right? Come on. Get serious about this. I believe the one way you could solve this problem is to appeal to people like the governor of the state of Texas, and the other governors who are similarly thinking. I understand people want to send migrants to Chicago or New York or Los Angeles. If you really want to make the point to the senators and the Congress people, really we should encourage these border crossers to go to Washington, D.C., because they will get a hearing right in front of Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell. The, the people that work there don't really care for those who aren't inside the system. And I'm talking about the swamp. What, what they really want is to be able to talk about the issue but not have to deal with the issue. Well, go, 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 Governor Abbott, maybe it's time to send, to send the migrants that are coming in to a new option. Washington, D.C., the capital of these United States, it's a much more mild climate than Chicago or New York or Boston. Um, I think that's probably the way to do this, to send the message so that they can most directly help. AOC's in D.C. Uh, Bernie Sanders is in D.C. Shifty Schiff is in D.C. Uh, Mitt Romney, I mean, he's a multiple billionaire. He's in, in, in Washington, D.C. They are the people who are equipped to help these people. To understand their stories and maybe share their abodes. They have fabulous townhouses and penthouses and all sorts of setups. I think it is time that we direct the effort into Washington, D.C., where it can get handled in the most efficient way. That's what Washington, D.C. does. Efficiently handle problems. We have been told that at every election cycle. Let's put it to a test. 704-570-1110. Jim. Jim is calling from the soaking 
uh, uh, part of, uh, of California where it is raining, and I hope he's got his uh, life vest on. Uh, Jim, what's on your mind today, sir? Yeah, it just let loose just a few minutes ago. I had to pick up some friends that are in the rain. Uh, they want to say hello to you. Hi! There you go. That's yes, phenomenal. That's, that's phenomenal right there. Deandra, and what's your name? Solo. Solo, yes. There you go. That's wonderful. You've got to stay dry there, folks. Stay dry. Yes. So um, I want to stay on topic. Yes, please. But I have some some uh, predictions about what's going to happen with Nikki Haley's campaign. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so she did her appearance on Saturday Night Live, right? Right. So she's curried some favor with the Democrats, obviously. They're trying to put the best face on it. But in the final analysis, I think what's going to happen is she's just trying to get her campaign back to South Carolina where she can bury it with the most amount of dignity, sympathy, and compassion that she can muster. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. So that's my prediction. All right. Uh, Isolate that. Put that on tape. We don't have tape anymore. All right, so uh, this is... Digital. Uh, it's all digital. It is the it's primary. All, it's all di- yes, it is the primary. The South Carolina primary. Yes, sir. I understand women who have power and money. Oh, you do? That crushing Obviously, bottom just reverberating you through your body. Jim, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not sure. I think I have uh, two vocal cords going here. It's It's amazing. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I'm, look, I'm just amazed. Are you, look, are you, are you driving Uber or something today? <laughs> yeah, you caught me. Dude. Are I you really, are you, are you, are you yeah. Ubering and calling the show all the way across the country? That's amazing. Jay. And evangelizing about the show, about the great, the great, this is amazing. Show. Yes. This is amazing, man. I mean, I'll tell you what, if I had yeah. a hammer. If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. And what I would do for you, Jim, is I'd build you a boat to, to get out here, man. You know, I I've got something well, that'll soothe your that'll soothe your savage beast. Are you ready? Go ahead there. How, how about a little fool in the rain? How about that, Jim? Awesome. There awesome. You go. All right. Well, you like know the story behind this this show, right? I mean, this this song. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sure. Of course. Okay. We got time to talk about that, Robert Plant. And John Paul Jones were the only ones there for the the uh, when they laid down the track, right? And uh, John Bonham and uh, Jimmy Page showed up later and just uh, dubbed in their parts. That's incredible. And John Paul Jones was yeah. a great American hero who helped us win the uh, the, the, uh, the 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 war between the uh, Brits and uh, the United States. Uh, a different guy, I think. I, well, maybe he looked a little he looked a little maybe. tired when I saw him last time, Jim. Be careful. Wave to Gilligan for me. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Look at this. He's still talking to me. I don't know how he did it. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Brent Winterville Show. Good to be with you. Let's go out and talk to Jeff next up. Jeff, welcome to the program. How you doing, Brent? Love your show, man. Thanks for being here. Got a, uh, just a little 
couple of little quick comments about Haley. <laughs> She's just a female Biden. Uh, but that's good on her. Uh, second of all, yeah, I think uh, they've been sending them the migrants to all the wrong cities. They should have been dumping everything on D.C. to get their attention to say, hey, we've got a border problem. Yes. And if I'm not going to step up and help us, then we're just going to let you have them all. I'd love to see Abbott and everybody send everybody to D.C. Well, I, I think because because the thing about D.C. and we have to be very careful here because D.C. is incredibly dangerous these days. So we don't want to see anybody getting hurt, but we definitely need a presence so that people understand that you, the capital city is not immune from people coming in and, and just, you know, looking looking for shelter. If, if, if the president wants these folks to come in, they're going to have to accommodate them, and they're going to have to pay for this. Well, uh, I, I would, and, and I hate for anybody to get hurt. Okay? Oh, yeah, so, nobody, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The impact, though, would be more and more uh, at hitting home to where if anybody's uh, injured, right, murdered, or whatever. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't need that. But, but, but here's, no, 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 yeah. no, no, I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would do not want that to happen. But right. Right. If, why let that be spread out across the country? Why not let right. all it's of that right. crime concentrate on the main city that can stop it? Sure. And see, this is what I've, I, I've, I've, I've leaned on this point a lot, because I wouldn't want to go to New York if I didn't know about New York. I wouldn't want to go to Chicago. It's really dangerous. I wouldn't want to go to those places. I, I would want to go to the, to the capital of the country because the capital is who can fix this. You know, right. you, you know Eric Adams came out in the last uh, hour and a half and said, and, and just came out and said, um, they are going to remain a sanctuary city in New York City. Well, D.C. is, right? D.C. is. Uh, Cambridge. Right. How about Cambridge up in Boston? Not Boston itself, but go to Cambridge. Cambridge can, can, can take care of the situation. I mean, there's all this, right. all this sort of stuff. The, we should not deny people access to the corridors of power because the only people that can fix the corridors of power are the people who have the power. And the people, who's the most powerful people in the entire world? The 535 Congress and senators and the president and his cabinet and Vice President Harris. That's a hugely important thing. And so those are the people that they should be interfacing with. And we go put go, you put somebody out in Des Moines. D.C. doesn't care about that. Iowa doesn't even care about that. Right. L.A. You, you put people in L.A. L.A., that's just another day in the neighborhood. You need to go to Sacramento. you got to go to state capitals. State capitals and the federal capital. It's the only way this stuff gets addressed. Springfield, Illinois, Boston, Massachusetts, Albany, New York. Those are the places because that's where the, the, the power seats are. Um, that's, that's what you got. You, I mean, it's, there's no other answer. Barbara, welcome to the program, Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. That's great. I just wanted to talk about everybody saying that Trump creates chaos. Mm -hmm. He does not create chaos. It's been the Democrats that created chaos against him. Mm -hmm. And I do not want a president that just sits down and lays down and let everybody run all over him. But that, but that might create chaos if if he, if if he's not gonna if he's gonna respond, there may be a little chaos happen. There's not chaos in and of itself is not a bad thing, you know. It's a change agent. Um, 
but chaos every day, which is what we have, if you think about what we've seen with this foreign policy and with Iran and with Afghanistan, I would argue that I would I would argue Biden is far more kept in keeping up uh, chaos. More chaos. Yes, ma'am. And the border. Yes. And the border as well. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. On- Trump is just trying to protect himself mm-hmm. and his family. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. He's a fighter. Yeah, he is. He is. A great call there, Barbara. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate that. CMS leaders are preparing for the loss of $190 million in school pandemic funding. Have, have you seen this story? I, I saw this this morning and I, I did a double, triple check. The Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools Board of Education will meet Monday, today, to discuss a budget crisis that it may soon be facing. The school district is set to lose $190 million in pandemic funding from the federal government. Now, I want to know from folks who have students in in, in, in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools, how you feel about this $190 million going away. The funding was known as ESSER, E-S-S-E-R, the Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief Fund, which was intended to help school districts with needs brought on by the pandemic. ESSER was designed to help public schools adapt to pandemic-related challenges and prevent learning loss. Are we still having learning loss? CMS benefited from the funds in a big way. Out of the $190 million, $60 million went towards staffing, lowering class sizes, adjusting transportation to reduce the number of students on the buses, purchase sanitation supplies, and help make improvements to indoor air quality. Since the start of the pandemic, the government provided more than $100 billion to schools nationwide. With the funding now set to expire, CMS is working on a plan surrounding the impact it will have on the budget for the 2024-2025 school year. Did we not know the funding was going away? I mean, was this, was this a surprise? Is COVID still a thing? I'm not being a try to be a jerk, but this is this is uh, did we think it was just going to come forever? I mean, it's emergency funding. If it's not emergency funding, then it just becomes funding. Funding with a PH. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is the Brett Winterville Show, 704-570-1110. Good to be with you as we uh, look at the big stories that are out there moving in uh, in, in real time. And uh, so on this issue, I, I, I want to I stick with this because the CMS leaders are preparing for the loss of $190 million in the school pandemic funding. This is an important point, and it's something that, that ought to be underlined r- repeatedly. When you get emergency funding, it doesn't mean it's going to be a 
an item that's going to remain on the budget. If if you call a, a friend because you've run into some bad luck or you, you call a parent to help you get that rent payment for the next month or anybody else and they give it to you on an emergency basis, you can't then budget for that to be the money that's going to be there in perpetuity. I, the federal government has a ton of money, sure, but they have a lot of people that they got to waste it with. Ukraine, uh, you know, uh, what, what do they do? They'll do like uh, sex change operations on pigeons. You know, you get all these like weird, you get all these weird uh, projects that come in and the government funds them. I mean, you can look at them up. You, you can, you can, I sounded like I was from Italy there. You can look at them up. You can look them up. Uh, very easy to understand. Look at the, uh, the pig book. Uh, look at the Citizens Against Government Waste. We, we burn a lot of money. We, we burn a ton of money. But when you have pandemic funding, is there still a, does anybody think there's still a pandemic? Is there still a pandemic from COVID? It is 20, it is 2024. Joe Biden has not screamed at us, at least about COVID, in like two and a half years. Mostly he screamed at us about the insurrection that you're all a part of, I, I believe, according to him. But nobody's talking about the pandemic funding. No, nobody talks about this. So were people expecting that money to keep flowing? And the question then becomes, okay, we know that people have been bailing out on CMS. You, you look at a lot of the communities around uh, Charlotte proper, and what do you see out there? You, you see a lot of people going... Uh, to, to different school districts for other opportunities, what have you. So what would make you think that the pandemic funding is going to continue at the same exact level? I, I, to me, I don't understand it. I, I, I really, sincerely, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. But maybe I'm wrong. All right, this bill is still uh, continuing to circulate out there. Kirsten Cinema. this is going to be cut number six. Kirsten Cinema is an independent senator from Arizona. She used to be a Democrat. Then she decided she was going to swing over to the Democrat, to the um, independent side. Perhaps maybe at some point she'll go on to the Republican side. Who knows? Uh, Kirsten Sinema, though, uh, challenging the Republicans over this new funding that's going to fix the border, she says. You know, I don't know what Speaker Johnson will do when this bill gets out of the Senate. But what I do know is that for five months, my Republican colleagues have demanded, and I think rightfully so, that we address this border crisis as part of a national security package. I agree. The crisis on our border is a national security threat. And this week, the Senate will begin to take action on a large national security package How so? that includes a realistic, pragmatic, and the strongest solution to our border crisis in my lifetime. Now, as you know, Margaret, I was born and raised near the border here in Arizona. And so more than anyone, I know how important this is to securing our national security. So I feel confident that when our bill passes through the Senate and gets to the House, members of the House, including Speaker Johnson, will have had ample opportunity to read, understand the bill, and ask questions and watch our debate in the Senate. And then they get to make a choice. Do you want to secure the border? So let's dive into this. There's an organization called FAIR, FAIR.US. 
uh, or fairus.org, and they have a breakdown on this uh, on this new plan to secure the border, which doesn't sound like border security to me. On Sunday night, Senate negotiators unveiled their long-awaited border security deal for inclusion in President Biden's foreign aid package, and Senate Ma- Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is poised to act on the proposal on Wednesday. So they're going to give you like a day and a half to read the, the document, and then they're going to just rush this through. If it's such a good bill, why not talk long and lengthy about this? As advertised, the border security deal implements several changes in the immigration process. The changes, however, do not fundamentally address the core problems plaguing our system. The bill does not stop asylum abuse. It does not end the Biden administration's illegal use of parole and does not end catch and relief uh, release. In reality, the bill first leaves existing law in place under which the Biden administration has been illegally releasing aliens encountered at the border into the interior Two, does nothing to stop the president's use illegal use of parole three creates a whole new claim and release process for asylum seekers that are actually encouraging asylum abuse Four, provides limited expulsion authority for a temporary period of time and exempts huge swaths of illegal migrants and appropriates billions of dollars to NGOs and Homeland Security to continue the administration's open borders policy. So all this is is just a check in a box that the government's going to spend but not fix the problem. We have to fix Joe's border, fix Joe's border, folks. Among the many provisions in the 370 page bill, there are two core changes to current law. First, the bill creates a parallel processing path under Section 235 B for anyone claiming asylum or any other form of humanitarian protection. DHS will have complete discretion to determine who is put into this path. So it's a secret backdoor. Aliens are not eligible to be processed under 235B unless they have been in the U.S. less than 14 days and are encountered within 100 miles of the border. Unaccompanied alien minors may not be processed under this authority. So it's a waste. Aliens referred to be processed under 235B will be immediately released and placed on alternatives to detention, like those guys that beat up the cops. They are guaranteed work authorization almost immediately. After the alien is referred for the new asylum proceedings under 235B, an asylum officer must conduct a protection determination screening, which is roughly the same as a credible fear screening. Yes, I've been I've been persecuted in my home country and I want to be sheltered here in the United States. Several outcomes are possible from the protection determination screening. If during the protection determination, an asylum officer determines that the alien by a clear and convincing evidence standard is eligible for asylum, the officer will approve the request for asylum right then and there and becomes final if affirmed by a supervisor. 
However, the alien may also meet a lesser evidentiary standard, receive positive determination in which the officer will then refer the alien to a merits hearing. So we're just creating new bureaucracy that's not going to get enforced. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. And I want to say something about these bills. Every, every single 535B, 271J, 4252 hike, every, every, every one of those needs to have attached to it the staffer's name or the senator's name who put it in so that when things go horribly wrong, we can pick it outside their homes peacefully. Always, peacefully. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. So, uh, Jim Barrel passed away uh, today, and uh, Bo Thompson's going to be joining me uh, at the top of the next hour crossing the streams. And he's going to um, uh, reflect back um, on this. And I, you know, I, I'm new to the station, relatively speaking. And so um, I, I feel that it's uh, best for Bo to, uh, to, to comment in a, in, in a full way here on, on the program. And so that'll be coming up at the top of this next hour. I, look, I, I admire the great work that Jim Barrel did. I, I, I admire... Um, the skills of, of true broadcasters, the, the true big voices, the powerful uh, voices. And it's very important to understand that the ability to tell a story without picture, right, without a picture, without making a, a video or a short or something like that is, is, a, is a skill as old as human history the storytellers who would sit around the fires in the ancient world and and would entertain and would talk and would do it all with descriptives that is such a gift from god and to do it in a dramatic way and in a fun way and in a way that uh, leaves you thinking uh, you only have to think about some of the greats and and you know who those are you know just just in our in our in our last 50 years, you know, Paul Harvey, Rush Limbaugh, Case Kasem, you know, the greats, the great voices who have come through these doors as well at WBT. And so um, I, I know that Mark Garrison is doing some work and I know that uh, Bo Thompson is doing some work. So I would encourage you to stay here on this station um, for for. No doubt what is going to be a, a series of remarkable tributes. But it is that craft of storytelling that is overlooked so much in the popular culture. You, you've probably gone and seen a movie and you're going, oh, this movie's going so slow. I don't know about this. I don't like this. This movie's going too slow. This TV show is going too slow. Pacing is incredibly important when it comes to communicating uh, with, with an audience. You all have a particular perspective and a particular notion in your mind of the studio in which I'm sitting right now. The same studio that Bo and Beth sit in, that, that Vince Coakley sits in, that Pete Callender, uh sits in, 
that I sit in that that Brett Jensen sits in and then all the other programs we have on the on the weekend and overnight. And you have a an image in your mind's eye for what this studio looks like. You may have never seen some of the folks who are here on the station and you may have a particular image in your mind's eye uh, when you when you listen to them. Radio and the ability to tell stories in radio is an incredibly intimate, intimate venue. Uh, you you get up in the morning and sure, maybe you put the TV on to see what traffic looks like or whatever. But, you know, you might jump in the shower and you've got WBT on. You might be making breakfast for your kids and you've got WBT on. You, you might be uh, saying goodbye to, to your to your wife, your husband. Uh, as you get your way out the door and be, WBT's on in your car and, and you're listening to all the stuff that's going on, you're learning and absorbing the things that are happening in the overnight um, and then throughout the day. And it's that ability for us to communicate to you or communicate with you and then take your phone calls, etc. that is so special and remarkable about a station called WBT that is over a hundred years old. Think of the generations who have passed listening to this station in one iteration or another. All of the greats that have come through the doors and all of the greats that have walked back out and retired and all of the greats who gave their last measure of talent and were gone and some who were gone far too soon. That that is the connectivity between us and you. You see, the, the secret that nobody ever wants to tell you is when you call into a show and I take the call or Bo takes the call or Beth takes the call or Vince or Pete or, or Brett Jensen or anybody takes the call, we have an image of you when you're talking to us. It's that amazing humanity that keeps us connected you're you're imagining what we look like and we're imagining what you look like and i assure you 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 look absolutely fantastic but the fact of the matter is this is the give and take and this is what jim barrel did I, I, I didn't know him, but I've heard his work, and, and I, I know the sort of consummate professional he was. And it's an art to pace. It's an art to talk. It's an art to let a thought breathe for a moment without just jackhammering back in there. And so... Over the course of the next day or so, as, as you sit back and you reflect and you think about the stories you hear, the presentations that are made, remember that at any given time, people who are blessed enough like I am and my colleagues are to be able to do this on a day-to-day -day basis is a blessing, a gift. It's the sort of thing that every one of us sat in our room 
auditioning and trying to deliver what we would sound like on the radio and never quite getting it right, but never stopping to quit. Jim Barrel, somebody who didn't have quit, but he had an immense amount of talent. And how do I know this? By reputation. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Talk 1110 WBT. It is the Brett Waterville Show. Good to be with you. And uh, very happily to be uh, joined with uh, Bo Thompson. Uh, uh, Bo Thompson, it's good to have you uh, on the program. And I want to just give you the floor to, uh, to, to reminisce and talk a little bit about uh, the passing of Jim Barrel today. Hey, Brett. Well, uh, this is very shocking news to get today, uh, namely because... Uh, Jim's family indicated that, uh, you know, uh, a month or two ago, he was completely normal as far as they knew. And, uh, according to the family, based on, um, social media posts that he, uh, passed away uh, earlier today, uh, due to a battle with lymphoma, a short battle. And, um, anybody who's listened to WBT for the last 30 plus years, I mean, uh, Jim Barrel was, a news director. Uh, he began uh, in the newsroom. Actually, uh, his original job was working for John Boy and Billy. Wow. And John Boy and Billy were on WBCY, which is a, the station that now is Mix 107.9. But back in the day, in the mid-80s, that's where John Boy and Billy got their start. And now they're nationally syndicated and uh, on a different station. But uh, Jim's first job here for a very short time was working, doing news for them. And then he crossed over into the WBT newsroom and uh, began working with John Stokes and, and those two guys uh, for the next 30-plus years. Uh, 1985 is when uh, Jim Barrell got here and uh, was a reporter, was an anchor, and for the longest period of time was the afternoon news anchor uh, during this period of time that you're on right now. So a lot of people who've listened to the station over the years and you know, heard names like Mike Collins and, and of course, John Hancock mm-hmm. and all the different uh, voices that we've heard. Uh, one of the constants throughout that for the better part of, you know, the, 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 the last act of his career was, was doing afternoon news uh, in that newsroom and just, just one of the all-time uh, inviting, um, respected, and, and dependable voices, not just for our station, but, but just news in North Carolina and in this region of the country. How, as a person who knew him well, uh, how, how does this strike you on a day like today, uh, Bo? I mean, I know you're surprised, but where, does your, where do your thoughts go? Just that, um, you know, you think back over, I mean, you and I are broadcasters, and we can think back over our careers uh, of just very distinct voices. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to this station, so many voices that just uh, emanate trust. And like I said, that word respect and uh, being dependable, being there every day. You know, Jim was somebody that I, um, I, I'm lucky that, that I worked here for a 
good portion of the time that he was here. Uh, he was certainly here long before I started, but I did. I mean, I worked here from uh, 97 to 2005 and then came back in 2012. And uh, Jim's final uh, newscast was, was 2016. So I crossed paths and crossed over with him a good bit um, and knew him, I, I can say, fairly well and just uh, just always knew him as uh, one of the nicest people that you'd ever come across. Um, uh, his delivery on air sort of had that combination of of uh, authority, but also sort of that approachability and, sure. and, and like I said, that inviting sort of um, southern tinge to it. And he, I just love the guy. I mean, I, I just told my wife a little while ago, and, and not only was he a great uh, voice on the air, but just uh, one of those guys in the building that everybody loved. Nobody could say a crossword about Jim Barrel. His wife used to make these unbelievable pumpkin squares that he would bring us. And, and uh, I remember when I was you know, really early starting here that I just used to look forward to when his wife would bake at Christmas time. And <laughs> he was just, uh, just a great guy and uh, not someone that I, I thought we'd be saying this about so soon. I mean, uh, Jim uh, started in, in 85 and was 71 years old. So um, he had just celebrated his 71st birthday a couple of weeks ago. So uh, way too young and, and just, um, you know, you've seen this, Brett, mm-hmm. uh, since you've been here, uh, the, the sense of um, camaraderie uh, around one Julian Price place. Sure. And especially even if you go down to WBTV, a lot of the people that uh, worked here back in the Jefferson Pilot days, um, you know, there's a bond between uh, a lot of us from, from those years and, and, and people like you have sort of, come into that family and embraced it. And you, you understand what it is when we have bike drives and when we have community events. And uh, there's just a warmth that uh, you associate with certain voices and certain employees that have come through one Julian uh, over the last uh, many years. And, and Jim's one of those guys. You just can't, you can't say a cross thing about him. Um, and I'm, I'm so sad to be, to be talking about this today. Yeah, I, I, I imagine as as the night progresses and into tomorrow morning, you're going to be reminded of a number of different um, uh, memories and, and things. And and I can I can only imagine uh, what tomorrow morning's program is going to is going to be like, Bo, where you're going to be able to really. I've been working on a on a tribute uh, this afternoon. Um, I I did a. Well, you know this. I did that Century podcast series yes. a few years ago for the 100th anniversary. And uh, one of the episodes, I believe it was the sixth episode, I had uh, John Stokes and Jim Barrell come in one day and just sit down and, and talk about their, their years together because they were so closely aligned. And so um, I've, I've got uh, a lot of uh, archive uh, tape of Jim talking about his years here. And I've got a good bit of of. Uh, things he covered. I mean, we talk about what a great guy he was and how nice he was, but if there was a big story uh, between 85 and 2016, you know, Jim was either in the middle covering it or he was announcing the breaking news uh, from that newsroom down the hall. I mean, huge stories around here, like like Jim Baker, when, yep. when the Jim Baker trial was going on, the Ray Carruth trial, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Hurricane Hugo, Jim Barrel was down uh, at the coast, covering it for WBT. So, um, and I have a lot of footage of of those uh, incredible uh, newscasts and, and reports that he did. So, 
um, you know, the ultimate combination really for a newsman, somebody who's approachable, somebody who has a, uh, an inviting delivery, but also is not afraid to get right in the middle of the biggest stories. And so uh, you, you can't find a story uh, that was big and was on the map in Charlotte in the last uh, three decades and not find Jim Barrel somewhere in it. So we're going to have a, a, a special tribute tomorrow. Um, you know, I'm working on that right now. And, and um, I, unfortunately, uh, I, I've done too many of these yeah. uh, in recent years. But uh, when it happens, you also have this sense of duty to make sure that um, these voices are honored in the proper way uh, over our 101-year-old station. Yep. So uh, that's what we do. Nobody better than you, man. I'm just telling you. And uh, you, you, you're going to be telling those stories. I know Mark will probably be uh, in there as well. And, and um, the, I have such respect for the craft that he obviously had. And that's, that's something that's really important, as I was saying earlier, the idea that you can tell a story without pictures because we are just inundated with pictures um this this is one of the great talents and i can i I sense it in in a big way bo thompson i appreciate you uh sharing with us i have a collage in my office here at home of the 100th anniversary night which you were part of obviously and um i'm looking at a picture of jim barrel because he uh he and pete calendar did the uh presentation for uh john stokes to enter the Hall of Fame, and I'm so glad that, that Jim was there that night, and I'm so glad he got to be part of something that he um, helped build, and um, we'll all miss him, and we'll pay tribute uh, to him over the next several days, and uh, you know, I, I think, I, I know you did not know Jim, or you, you might have gotten to meet him that night, but you yes. know him well, but I'll tell you this, um, he would absolutely respect and love the fact that you have embraced uh, the heritage of the station the way you have in the afternoons. And, and um, that's what it's all about. So uh, uh, even though we all don't know each other, uh, we're all connected by that microphone. And uh, today we're, we're thinking about him as one of those great voices behind that microphone. Absolutely, and his family. And uh, we, wish, we wish them uh, all the peace and, and, and knowing the love that, uh, that he had uh, around him uh, with, his, with his colleagues. Bo Thompson, um, anything else you've got for uh, for tomorrow that's uh, that's going to be pressing on the uh, on the show? Uh, everything that's happening uh, starting at six o'clock, uh, the very latest out of Washington, of course, and uh, with Jim Zoki, and uh, we will surely uh, 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 pay proper tribute to Jim Jim Barrel. Uh, many days that I uh, was working behind that mic on that show, where he was uh, filling in for Stokes down in the newsroom, and um, we'll just uh, have a heavy heart. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for coming by, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you tomorrow morning, my friend. Yes, sir. Thanks. You got it. That's Bo Thompson. I'm Brett Witterbull. It's great to be here with you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you. Let's grab a call from Larry, who's uh, been holding on. Larry, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, sir. Good evening to you. Good evening to you. I just wanted to uh, call and just generally compliment WBT. I heard your, uh, I heard your, some of your tribute about Jim Barrel, and he was one of the many great guys uh, that you folks have had over the years. When I was growing up here in town as a boy, going back uh, over 70 years ago, my, my mother and father would have BT radio on in the morning when we were getting ready for 
uh, breakfast and getting ready to go to elementary school. I'm That's talking in the early to mid-50s. Wow. And one of the greats of WBT years ago was uh, was a fella called old uh, Grady Cole. I'm sure you've probably heard his name, Grady Cole. Yes, sir. I sure he, have. Uh, he would uh, he would come on in the morning. This is your old granddad, Grady Cole. So I remember, <laughs> I remember hearing that voice as a kid growing up. Yeah. And uh, Henry Bogan, he was one of the great talk show hosts that you guys had for years. Henry Bogan going back 25, 30 years ago. Oh, sure. Uh, you've had you've had some great people, and my family's been listening to WBT all my life, and uh, watching TV WBTV all our lives too. So just just calling to make a, a general compliment on the station. That's hey, all. I listen. I appreciate that, Larry, and I know how much the uh, the audience um, feels connected here, and how how what smiles you have put on people's faces here in the building uh, on what would otherwise be a very sad sad day. And uh, yeah, we, Jim, Jim was one. Jim Barrel was one of the greats, and he uh, he had a lot of fine predecessors in your fine station. And uh, Steve Crump was a good guy too. I hate I hated when he passed away last year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, look, it's, Steve. Steve was another. Steve was another great one, and we're gonna miss him too. Ab- absolutely. Let's hope that they're uh, spending a little time together, uh, re- re- reuniting a little bit, and. Uh, I'm sure they will. Absolutely. I'm sure they will. Larry, uh, so I'm just, just generally calling to compliment thank you, the station to let you know there <laughs> lots of us out here <laughs> been listening all our lives. I appreciate that. We can't do it without you, Larry, and you call back anytime. Thank you so much for your very kind words about the station, sir. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. You're very welcome. Absolutely. I mean, that was – look, that's that, this, this is exactly why I, uh, I love being at this station because – this is the place I envisioned in my mind before I even got here, because this is the sort of station I wanted to be on. Uh, it was a station that matters, uh, a station that is connected to the to people with a deep heritage and uh, all of that. So um, and, and you are more than welcome if you want to share thoughts. Um, absolutely. You are more than welcome to, to feel free to pick up the phone and, and, and share with us, you know, your thoughts um, on 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 the passing of, of Jim Barrel and, of course, the. Uh, the great talents that we've had here uh, at this station. It is uh, when you're in the presence of the greats and presence can mean in the same room can be there on your radio can be any number of things podcast. Now Um, when you're in the presence of the greats, sometimes you get so caught up in listening and understanding and being a part of the the storyline or, or, or the issue or whatever it is, a report Every once in a while, you just got to sit back and say, you know what? Th- th- this, this is a really talented person. And it's nice when someone compliments somebody and, and says, you know, that, that story that you did really touched me. That, that issue that you raised was very important to us. The coverage of a particular event means a lot to our family because we were connected to that. That's the community. And that's what's incredible, right? Because... Community seems to to be fleeting in this day and age, but it still exists right here on the airwaves. WBT. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. It's great to be with you here today as we uh, unpack some of the other uh, big stories that are out there moving. So apparently there's a great deal of concern inside uh, the Biden administration for what may be coming next. And what may be coming next is the report on the classified documents probe. And here's here's where the fear comes in. OK, this is an important point that that should not be uh, uh, overlooked in any in, in any uh, serious way. Uh, when the now president, then former vice president, then former senator took those documents That was not an authorized uh, pilfering for all intents and purposes. President Biden's team reportedly is fearing the photos included in special counsel Robert Hur's imminent report of the handling of the classified documents. And they're afraid that this could hurt his 2024 reelection bid. Axios reported that Biden's aides do not expect criminal charges as a result of the investigation, but they're worried about the embarrassing photos included in hers report that could be released as soon as this week. This is why I think he is not uh, doing the interview with CBS, because sometime between now and that interview, these documents may come out and they may pre-tape the interview with CBS. And so it may come out a day after he's done his interview. And what if he says something about that case? Well, you know, it's not, it's one of these things. And I, I don't, I don't really, I didn't do anything wrong. And da, 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 da. And now you got pictures, right? I mean, you can imagine how that could go sideways quickly. The images could show how Biden stored classified materials, which were discovered in late 2022 in the garage of a Biden Delaware home, as well as in a private office, The classified documents were carried over from Biden's time as former President Obama's vice president. Now, this is a big deal because Trump, for everything that they're trying to hammer Trump with, he was the president. He took the documents. This was either a vice president or a senator who took the documents. You're not allowed. You're not allowed. Mike Pence couldn't take the documents that Trump took unless Trump said, hey, Mike, here, take these documents. I've declassified them. Biden's aides told Axios they're fearful that former President Trump's campaign will use the photos against the Democrat incumbent ahead of the likely 2024 rematch. So this is the concern that's underway. The pictures. See, the pictures make it, you know, particularly ugly. He's also, unfortunately, um, has a record of taking documents in the past. Famously said, by the way, my Corvette is in a locked garage, so it's not like they're sitting out on the street, he once said. Why would you even say that? In a 60 Minutes interview last fall, Attorney General Merrick Garland vowed to make public a special counsel's report related to another matter. The one related to Hunter Biden to the extent permissible under the law and promised to explain the decisions to prosecute or not prosecute and their strategic decisions along the way. So. Uh, there, there, there you have that uh, particular scenario. That's why I think he doesn't want to do the interview with CBS. I don't think it's the border. I don't think it's cognition. I don't think it's any of that. I think he doesn't want this to come out and become a thing. Robert, welcome to the program, Robert. Hey, Brett. You bring it every night, dog. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. It's true. Uh, well, first of all, just regarding what you were just talking about, um, I, I think, I mean, I think any president should take the opportunity to 
to speak to the nation and really the world yes. with that massive audience at the Super Bowl. So, I, but in Joe Biden's case, he he's not the greatest communicator. I'm putting that uh, putting that uh, kindly when I say that. Sure. So anyway, I think most I think almost all presidents would take that opportunity. Although I know I think Trump did not take it once or twice, but of course Obama took it. So. Uh, and also regarding Nikki Haley, I, she can she can pull it off, and I thought she did a a good job uh, and a, and a funny little uh, mm-hmm. uh, part there within Saturday Night Live. SNL, yeah. I think <laughs> I, I think that was a, certainly a good look for her. Mm-hmm. The the other thing I wanted to say just a little bit about Jim Barrel sure. about um, WBT. Yes, sir. I'm I'm a, I'm a very uh, long time listener, and I'm sure you know this, Brett. But there are a lot of there are a lot of people who have uh, preceded you at WBT who also bring it every night. And when I say every night, I I just mean every day and every night. Sure. Very, I think it was Bo who just said that Jim was very dependable, and uh, and I and but WBT has had a lot of dependable people, a lot of people who are inviting, uh, like like Jim Barrel was and. Um, I, again, I think you bring it every night, and a lot of your colleagues do and have. Thank you for a long period of time. So I know because I've listened for a long period of time. So anyway, I think you realize it, but you're at a uh, you're at a station that has a tremendous heritage. Oh my gosh, uh, without without a doubt, and I'm grateful for it every day. Um, when when it, at some point I'll explain. The, the amazing fortune that I had to come to this station uh, in a very specific way. Uh, I, 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 when I had the opportunity to even fill in on WBT, I, I jumped at it uh, just to be able to be affiliated in any way with, with the three letters here, WBT Radio. Um, and when I was offered the position, um, I, I, I didn't give a second thought. I, I, I knew immediately, uh, and walking through the doors here that first time, uh, it was it was remarkable, and I could see the quality of this station and the incredible talent that has resided in this building over its long history and in the current iteration. There's there's no place I'd rather be than, than here, and and I can understand why Jim Barrel would have would have been such an iconic figure here, a dependable person, and that's that's what's hugely important, Robert. And I I, I appreciate you checking in with us here today and and, and sharing. Well, we we listeners appreciate what uh, WBT brings, and they brought it for a long time. And to me, that means a lot. And I I can honestly say, Brett, that um, I I've called you quite a bit, and and I call you because I I just hope I can contribute a little bit. You do, but there are a lot of people out there who. Who have been who have benefited from listening to your station, and I, I'm, I am sure that I speak for a lot of people when I when I say that. Oh, you're you're very kind, and um, it's important for listeners like you who know the heritage of this to remind folks because you have newcomers coming in into the community every day. Uh, there are people who are just tuning into WBT for the first time, and there are people who've been listening for 80, 90 years, and um, it's 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 your knowledge that is very helpful. For, for people to understand the context in which uh, so much of this uh, happens. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, Robert. I, I thank you so much for calling in again. Likewise, sir. Thank you. You're very welcome. That's, uh, that's Robert checking in. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Waterville Show. Great to be with you. 
a pleasure to uh, spend this time with you uh, every chance I get. Don't forget, we are, um, are going to be making an incredible holiday tour uh, coming up in uh, November. I know it sounds like it's a long way away, but it's not that far away. And this is going to be a world-class trip. I'd love for you to join me and Mandy Connell from KOA uh, out of Denver. We're, we've got a, a group together that's going to be traveling, and uh, we've got space for you if you're interested. Uh, we're also going to be working with uh, Folds of Honor uh, on this trip. You can give them a call over at Cruise and Tour, 800-383-3131, 800-383-3131. It's going to be an incredible trip where we're going to be sailing or we'll be traveling by, by a ship uh, down the Danube at the Christmas markets. So reach out to Cruise and Tour, 800-383-3131. You're going to discover firsthand why this is such a sought-after trip, and I can't wait to spend the time with you and all of our great WBT listeners. Let's head on over to uh, Marianne next. Marianne, welcome to the program. Hey, Brett. How are you this evening? I'm well. Thank you for calling. Yes, sir. Just uh, the first thing I wanted to say is your last caller that was so complimentary. Ditto to everything he said. Thank you for that very much. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And the other thing, everything that you hear about going on with Biden, he's not doing interviews. He's not going to do the interview with CBS, Mm -hmm. the, the Super Bowl, all of that. I've heard my whole entire life, Brett, those who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. That's a very good point. And in a way, I can't help but feel a little bit bad for the guy because he's not running this country. It's the people behind him. And, yes, is he a criminal? Absolutely, positively he is. That's my opinion. But at the same time, he's so old and decrepit, and I think there's something going on with the guy but he's got the people behind him push, 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 because they want to stay in power. Mm-hmm. This is not about Joe Biden. This is about the people behind him that want to stay in power. You know, it's interesting because they're doing a pretty they're doing a pretty lousy job. Uh, you know, if you were going to be strategic about it, I think I would have him go out and say say things here and there, and then do the stuff uh, behind the scenes. But instead, to me, it feels like. At every turn, this is a chaotic administration. Like, there's chaos. Um, Afghanistan, what just happened with our three beautiful soldiers um, in in Jordan. And then, like, let's not forget all the other craziness that's been going on. Uh, He's he's just now going to go to Palestine, Ohio. I mean, this this is this is stark raving crazy all the way around. And um, if they wanted to keep him in power, they're doing a really bad job of keeping him in power. Well, yeah, they are because they don't even come out and deny charges. Yeah, they. I mean, even his spokesperson. Uh-huh. I mean, spoke the White House spokesperson. They don't even deny anything that's coming up in the media or that they know the American public's talking about. They just say nothing. Do Do you nothing. think? Do you think, Marianne? Do you think that they may be sinking them on purpose? I do. I do. I have felt that way for quite a while because I think that they have somebody in the wings. I think there's a big name waiting in the wings. And I think that this is, if you will, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, this this is self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're just 
trying to get rid of the guy because he's not going to be the Democratic nominee. Uh, there's going to be something to happen to this fella, and it, and it's coming soon. Mm. And I, he, I don't think we have to worry about him for running for president again because he's going to have to be vocal in some kind of a way. The people are going to want to hear from him, and I don't think he's going to make it to the Democratic nomination. When, I just don't. When I when I see when I when I, when I see his when I see his behavior, you remember maybe uh, three three four weeks ago they were having that uh, they, they, all the protests were happening outside the White House, and then we found out that there were all these staffers that were going to protest against the White House because of Hamas and all that sort of stuff. Um, yes. th- I mean, then you go back to the to to the and uh, let's just be polite. The shenanigans that went on on the front lawn of the White House with uh, with everybody showing their wares and their goods uh, out there in the middle of the public. Like, I, I, I look at these sorts of events and I go, nobody's in control. Like there's just nobody in control. It's everybody's doing their own thing. It's like catch as catch can, I guess. I mean. It, well, that, that's ex- yeah, that's exactly what we're looking at. And I will say to this day and from now on that the cocaine that was planted in the White House. Wow. Wow. They, I think that they were hoping that they were going to be able to have something to come forward on that. And I believe that the FBI got to it before mm. anything else could happen. Mm. And that was planted. Because for nothing else to come out about that, for them to not to come out and say anything, oh, well, we found out who it was, or we found out this, well, this is a continuing investigation. They're not even doing that. Now, now I mean, okay, that, just, I think that that, just stop for like two seconds here and think about this. Would you have ever thought any of this about any other president that you've seen in your lifetime? Absolutely, positively not. <laughs> right? Because it's, it's, crazy. This, it's crazy. Yeah, this administration is so unreal in so many different oh. ways. And it, it's, the, it's the entitlement mentality they have right. that they can talk anything at the American people, believe it or don't believe it. You're, also, you're right. You're a great caller. Marianne, you call me anytime. I appreciate you being out there. What a great call. That was a great call. She connected the dots. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Monday is my favorite time of year. Now when I get nervous, I tell the truth. Okay. At 6 o'clock, I'm Jim Barrel, News Talk 1110 WBT. That was very cool, TJ. News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT. It is the uh, Brett Witterbull Show. Jim Barrel passed away uh, earlier today. We we got that news just uh, coming into showtime. Um, And we had Bo Thompson on our program uh, earlier uh, this this hour, uh, this past hour, and uh, we certainly have that uh, posted up, so you'll be able to hear it in the uh, podcast. Uh, Bo, uh, w- with a tremendous uh, uh, remembrance of uh, Jim Barrel, and we are looking forward to hearing what he puts together in the overnight hours. That's that's the uh, reason for the uh, appearance uh, by Jim Barrel on the. Uh, on the open to this uh, to this program in the fourth hour. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, everything is fair game. If you want to pick up the pieces from across the day, absolutely feel free from across the weekend as well, 704-570-1110. 
This bit of information that came out uh, just about uh, 1.30 this afternoon, King Charles III has been diagnosed with cancer. Um, he is apparently going to step away from public events as he gets treatment, and we, we wait to see what ends up uh, happening in, in this regard. He was uh, being treated for uh, prostate uh, issues, and uh, then I guess contemporaneously we found out that he— um, he has got cancer of some sort. I've not seen what that specific um, uh, diagnosis is, but we certainly um, we, we wish him a, a speedy recovery as we would wish uh, anybody who's um, who, who is uh, battling cancer. It's an absolutely vicious, vicious uh, killer. We've made great progress in this day and age uh, in understanding how we can treat, how we can approach, how we can do those sorts of things. But until we eradicate cancer, um, you know, it's 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 going to be a shame to see how, how many people lose their lives as a result. And, you know, that's not anything that we want to see. Apparently, uh, over at CNN, there are major shakeups underway and it creates a situation in which they are promoting your favorite anchor on CNN, Jim Acosta, to weekdays, to weekdays as they're struggling morning show. Uh, ratings uh, continue to flog. CNN has shaken up its struggling lineup once again with Jim Acosta moving to weekdays and the New York-based morning production team being disbanded. The long-troubled CNN this morning, which was the brainchild of since-fired CEO Chris Licht, will now be hosted by Casey Hunt at 5 to 7 a.m., with current anchors Poppy Harlow and Phil Mattingly, they were they were ill-fitted for that job as far as I'm concerned. I watched it a little bit, and they, they it was just ugh, it was terrible. Uh, being pushed aside, CNN says Harlow and Mattingly are being considered for other roles in the network that showcase their talents and work well for them. CNN News Central, anchored by John Berman, Kate Boldwan, uh, and uh, Sarah Seidner, will air from 7 to 10 a.m., and Acosta will anchor... At 10 a.m. with Pamela Brown at 11 a.m. Great. So you're going to get a daily dose of, of Acosta. This, this ought to be a, just a, a phenomenal, fantastical uh, development. Remember what this all was caused by. This was all caused by uh, the firing of Don Lamont. Don Lamont uh, made, made a bunch of nasty comments about a bunch of people. And, and before you knew it, they bounced him, uh, including uh, uh, saying, what did he say? He said about Nikki Haley. That she was out of her prime. I was going to say over the hill, but it wasn't that. It was out of her prime is what she is, is what uh, 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 he, he said, uh, Don Lemon. And he is now doing a, a program, you know, a podcast type program. Uh, but the, the reality is I, I have I have so many good ideas for programming. OK, I have got so many good ideas, legitimate, really good programming ideas. I have one network that, you know, very well, you probably watch it every day. They they totally steal my content, and I'm not going to say who it is, and you can figure out who it is. But I I I will cover something with a particular angle, and like magic, it will show up on that other outlet the next day. Son of a gun! Thank you, and you're welcome. But you know what? I'm a creator, and I'm not I'm not uh, uh, jealous or anything like that. I just would like a little tip of the hat. How about how about a hey? This guy's got it going on over there in 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 Charlotte. Uh, I I know I do. But here's the other thing, okay? Here's the other thing um, to, to point out. What is CNN's strongest product? 
No, it's not the, the dumb climate change stuff and all that. It's not even domestic politics. That's a waste of time. You either go to Fox or Newsmax or Ms. NBC. I mean, that's, that's you either watch, you watch one of them to get the angle, okay? That's what you're doing. What you need to do if you are CNN is go all international news 24 7 365 you should be doing national you should do international news the way bloomberg does 24-hour markets uh for for whatever the day part is when, when it's the the u.s trading session then it goes to the 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 chinese uh, trading session then it goes into the overnight session and then it goes into uh into europe and then back to the united states that's what they should be doing. They should be doing international coverage. Nobody, nobody wants to hear that what Caitlin Collins thinks about any given thing because she needs to be an actual talk show host for people on the left. Like she would be a good fit, I think, over at, at, at Ms. NBC. But when you when you look at the product that's being offered up out there. It's all ideologically driven, and people are not going. You're going to go to Ms. NBC, or you're going to go to Fox and Newsmax, right? And then what are you going to do? You, what are you going to go to? What's CNN going to give you? It's it's diet Ms. NBC. It's diet version of that. It's not. It's it's not. It's not product that you really want. Stick with your international stuff. People started watching CNN because of what? Not Ted Turner. Stop that. No, 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 no not the Superstation. Stop that. They watched that channel when you had. The original Persian Gulf War. The Persian Gulf War. That, that was must-see TV with, with the Scud Stud and, and, and Bernie and Peter Arnett and all these people. I mean, we're, we're, back, in the, we're back in the dark ages here, okay? We're, we're way back. We're way back 1990, 89-90 um, is, is when we're talking about. And they made, they made quite a brand with that. With that, um, with that approach. That's what they should do. Instead, they're going to put Jim Acosta on, who's going to sit there, and he's going to look at the camera, and he's going to be like, and Donald Trump's a Nazi. It, whatever he's going to say. That's what, that's what they do. Add stuff that's of value. Come on. I'm trying to help. I'm, you know what I do? I elevate. I'm not an elevator, but I elevate. I'm a glue guy. I'm a leader. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Brett Witterbull Show. Great to be with you. So you're watching what's happening uh, all, all around the country with the uh, wide open border. And I know Mayorkas comes out all the time and says, oh, it's not a wide open border. It is a wide open border. This is an opportunity for you conservatives to get involved. And I'm serious about this. Op-ed, New York Post, uh, just yesterday. New York City's booming underground migrant economy exposes the true disaster of Biden's open border. So they make the case with this story. Migrants from Africa, Latin America and, and Latin America, many, if not most with little English, are taking underground jobs as food delivery drivers, construction day laborers, cooks and cleaners. Some illegally use other people's work papers or fake IDs or your social security card so that employers are willing to hire. Some run illegal businesses like street vendors selling to other asylum seekers or as quasi beggars vending candy on the subway. 
When, when I lived in the Bronx, I used to have people come up to me t- trying to sell me batteries. And th- they were never the batteries that fit any of my devices. So it was very frustrating when they would come and say, battery, battery, battery. And I'd look, I'd be like, I can't, I don't have anything that carries like a D, like a big D battery. Like I'm not putting that in my, my little my little radio or something. I, I, can you give me, can you hook me up with a triple A, maybe a double A? I'll go, I'll go for, for one of them square jobs, whatever it is. You got a watch battery for me? Any, any chance of it? No? Okay, I got I to gotta take the D battery. Yeah, I got to take the D. Because they put it in your hands, and they're all like, you buy, you buy. And you're like, I don't need a D battery. I could probably use it. I could probably use it if I put one in each hand, and I have to punch my way out of the subway. I could probably use the D battery for that. But, I mean, a car battery would be much more helpful, I think, in that regard. But there, So there's all these, like, underground stuff that's going on, okay? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. You have 160,000 migrants in New York City who are doing all kinds of stuff, right? They're, they're working under the table, over the table, on the table, next to the table. They're doing all that sort of stuff. This is where the conservatives need to get involved. This is the case. And hear me, people. Hear me, people, please. Do you know how much underground money is not being taxed? Is not being taxed. You know, the the estimates, I've seen $10 trillion. I've seen $10 trillion. I've seen $4 trillion. I've seen $1 trillion. That is not taxed. This is why. And you have to convince your friends that are dumb. I'm sorry. And I hate to be ugly. But you have to convince your dumb friends that this is why. Hear me now. Believe me always. We need a fair tax, not a flat tax, a fair tax that taxes everything that you buy that you can get. Because if you are a coyote, if you are a coyote smuggling people into the United States, you're buying stuff that could have that tax stamp on it. You're buying stuff. You're, you're buying, I, I don't know, wristbands. You're buying uh, tape. You're you're buying whatever it is you need. Now, I know what's going to happen. People are going to say, well, the poor will suffer the most. We're letting like a trillion dollars in cash money go untaxed. And it's only being done by the black market. It's like in the black market, the gray market. it's, It's the markets that are not straight up. Somebody, someplace at some point had to pay for whatever they're selling. Oh, I'm making sandwiches. Are you buying the meat or are you just creating it? Bread, meat, uh, mayonnaise, vegetables, or as some of my friends in New York likes to say, vegetables. I mean, what, what, what are we doing here? You have so much stuff you could be taxing. I, I guarantee you right now. Let's see. Let's just do a little test here, okay? Let's just do a little tiny test. This is going to be very painless. You're not going to feel anything like this or like this. No, just watch this real quick, okay? How much is lost in untaxed revenues that you could get with a fair tax? All right, here we go. This is the black market. This is the black market where nobody is paying 
uh, the taxes in this sort of stuff. With the fair tax, if the federal government gets $23 out of every $100 spent in America, the same total revenue is delivered to the federal government. Meaning you don't have to do income tax. You don't have to go to the accountant. You don't have to go to the tax prep service. You just buy stuff and then they tax you on it. It's a no-brainer. Do you know you just brought in, Joe Biden just brought in 10 million people into the country, 12 million people into the country, on top of the 24 million that are already here that have come in in an illicit fashion. Do you understand how much revenue you could collect up and down the line? Because you have to understand that to recapture the lost revenue is to add money to the bottom line of the government so that your taxes don't go up. In other words, you could get rid of the IRS. You could get rid of the income tax and just pay tax on stuff you buy. And now I know people are going to say, listen, I don't want it that way. I want to stick it to the rich. You're not sticking it to the rich. You're helping them to, to do whatever they want to do. Do you know how much more productive our economy would be if you were just taxed along the way? Way more productive. You'd have more money in your pocket. You'd have more money on your bottom line. And you wouldn't have to worry that, yeah, Uncle Sam's at the door and he wants a piece. He says you owe him 50%. What? 50%? That's crazy. Well, we're auditing you. And if you don't pay us or call one of those companies that does that, um, we're going we're gonna to put you in jail and we're going to take your house and we're going to leave you naked on the street. All of this money is just walking out the door. All of this money on, on, on janky, fake uh, social security cards, you name it. They're just letting it go out the door. And that's, that's not, that shouldn't be. If you come into the country and you buy a boat, if you buy a truck, if you buy a car, if, if you buy a, you know, whatever you want, a diamond, sneakers, a professional sports team, you should pay tax on it. Pay tax on it and leave regular people who don't buy those things the heck alone. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Woodville Show, 704-570-1110. Good to be with you uh, today. Here's, um, okay, I'm just going to level with you because we're, we're friends. And by the way, if you want to call and, and, and discuss what I just raised in terms of the fair tax, uh, please feel free to do so. And, I, and I'm only going to give you one statistic on this, okay? It's an important statistic, but I want you to know what it is. How big is America's black market well the underground economy has a valuation of between 1.7 and 3.2 trillion dollars that we're not collecting taxes on at all at all that money's just not going anywhere economist frederick schneider estimated the size of the u.s underground economy excluding criminal activity like drug dealing was 7.2 percent of gdp in 2007 that's 2007 the estimate in 2009 totaled $2 trillion. So let's, let's double. 
Let's double it. Let's say that the the amount of money and and it's not that you're taxing crime. You're taxing all the stuff that people use while running their 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 underground businesses. So you're able to tax everybody because everybody buys chips, everybody buys clothing, everybody buys, you know, this, that, the other things, supplies, whatever it is. And we're just letting all that money walk away with with 10, 25, 30 million people in here undocumented, uh, not paying taxes. We're just letting that money walk out the door. So, like, let's say it's six trillion dollars. Let's say it's six trillion dollars that we are not taxing. Wouldn't you rather tax that six trillion dollars and you be out from underneath the 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 grip of the uh, Infernal Revenue Service? I mean, I would. I would. That's just me. So the Grammys took place last night, and I I happen to have some knowledge about the Grammys from a variety of different ways. Are the Grammys rigged? Are the Grammys rigged? Do the people get together and trade votes so that this person wins and that person doesn't win and this person succeeds and that person doesn't succeed? Come on, it's show business. It's cutthroat. you got to believe that that's true, and I'm going to prove it to you. Here's Jay-Z defending Beyonce last night, who has never won Artist of the Year. Go. You know. I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album in a year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, you know, some of you, some of you going to go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you made it robbed. Some of you don't belong in the category. No, 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 that was it. No, when I get nervous, I tell the truth. So that's Jay-Z, right? So that's Jay-Z. All right, let's go back to 2020. Deborah Dugan was the head of the the Grammys. She let something slip. She didn't let it slip. She put it right out there in the open. Go. You have to tell your truth. You have to tell your truth. Deborah Dugan says last week the Recording Academy offered her millions of dollars if she would keep her silence. She refused. Is the awards process corrupt? It's rigged. 12,000 Academy members vote to determine the top 20 nominees for a Grammy Award. But Dugan, alongside her attorney, says committees who pick the final nominees can be influenced. You're saying that in some cases, the nominating process has the involvement of people who have an interest in the nominations, people who, artists who might be nominated are in the room. Absolutely. And not just the artists, it's the the, the people who have business affiliations with the artists as well. Could represent the artists. Are in the room. Yes. What about the allegation that artists have made that it is predominantly white, that the decisions are being made by males? Is that true? It is true. It's predominantly white males that call the shots. She says Sunday night, artists up for Song of the Year took spots from Ariana Grande and Ed Sheeran. When you move somebody up, somebody comes out. And I was in the room and I did see that happen. 
The Academy said today spurious allegations claiming members or committees use our process to push forward nominations for artists they have relationships with are categorically false, misleading and wrong. Dugan took over the Academy from CEO Neil Portnow and is now making dramatic accusations about him. It is, I believe, a fact that he, as the head of the Recording Academy, did have sex with a young woman who would love to get a Grammy. And so that in itself, I think, is a fireable offense. But Portnow says the board's executive committee conducted an investigation and he was completely exonerated. The Academy also says Dugan never raised these grave allegations until after her former assistant filed a complaint against her for a toxic and intolerable work environment and engaging in abusive and bullying conduct. Were you Um, abusive? I was not abusive. Dugan says musical artists are reaching out in support, while Grammy organizers blame her for stealing music's big... Okay, so, I, I mean, but we can't just, we can't just hang this on the, the Grammys. You, you don't think that the people are dealing and wheeling and dealing when it comes to the Academy Awards, the Tony Awards? Uh, how about getting into Cooperstown, baseball... Uh, how about how about Hall of Fames? How about Heisman's? How about um, how about what what you just saw take place that is never going to happen again? It was the eye test that determined who would advance to play in the National College Football Championship. Uh, uh, so that Michigan ended up winning, but next year it's going to be 15 teams, 14 teams, 12 teams, whatever it's going to be. It's going to be honest and truthful and appropriate. They're still going to be ranked, though, right? They're going to be ranked. Who does the ranking? Who does the ranking? Hashtag things that make you go, hmm. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. As uh, you may or may not know, Jim Barrell uh, passed away earlier today. And uh, Bo Thompson and Mark Garrison and the uh, the news folks have, have done a, a tremendous job in, in covering this. Um, I can tell you this. Uh, there is um, an outstanding tribute that is going to be played tomorrow on Bo and Beth's show. And I want to encourage you. Uh, to tune in to all, all, all four hours of that program, um, because it is, it is a remarkable thing, to have known somebody who is as special as as this man was, and Bo has um, has has really done a tremendous job in remembering him, and Mark Garrison has done a tremendous job in remembering um, him as well, and so. Um, Tomorrow, you're going to get to hear it on, on Bo's show, and I imagine the others will be playing it on ours as well. Um, it, it's important to recognize the people who came before you, and it's important to recognize the people who are really great at what they did um, and lived a, a, a life that was purposeful and respectable and that touched so many people that maybe you'll that they would never get to know how they connected with you. So... Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a really great day tomorrow, as we uh, as we reflect back on on his passing and uh, how much he meant to so many people. One of the things that I think needs to 
as we as we look into the, the the body politic broadly, okay, I think one of the things that we need to understand, um, and and it, this this bothers me, this bothers me in, in a big way because it doesn't feel to me like when we look at the politicians that are out there running a variety of stations in life, meaning congressmen, senators, uh, presidents, vice presidents, some governors. It, it doesn't seem to me that these people are driving the, the narrative from a strategic standpoint, where they sit back, take out a pad, and say, these are the 10 things or the 20 things that I want to get done in this order while I am a congressperson, while I am a senator, while I am a governor, vice president, president. You don't really see strategic thinking taking front and center. There's a lot of tactics and tactical stuff, which is sort of the, the granular um, uh, fights and the arguments and the owning and that sort of stuff. But from a strategic standpoint, you know, I would love to hear somebody ask Nikki Haley, who's out there on the campaign trail, governor or or ambassador, strategically give me the five challenges you want to tackle and in what order. President Trump, what are the five issues that you want to take on strategically? How are you going to do it and in what order? President Biden, what are the five challenges you think you need to deal with from a strategic perspective as opposed to reacting to how moments move bit by bit on any given day? See, that's the fundamental challenge that we're dealing with here. I guarantee you that there is a strategy, whether it's Shanahan or whether it's um, whether it's Shanahan or whether it's Andy Reid, they have a strategy to win the game. They have a plan to win the game. They have a strategy to win the game. They have all of that uh, in mind, okay? And that's how they try to win the big game that's coming up this weekend. Politicians seem to react and run to the spot that the electric lightning um, struck. I mean, you see it in entertainment all the time, right? A, a particular movie or a story comes out, and then suddenly there's copycat stuff coming out. Uh, this this is coming out, and then suddenly there's something else that's happening. Here's here's the thing we have to understand, okay? You have to be able to do something on purpose. You have to be able to do it with purpose, and you have to have um, a, a purpose when you begin this mission. So we have just been attacked by the Iranians in the last few weeks. Oh, but we've been attacked 170 times in the last few months. And on the 170th time, we decided we would hit them back. What's the end game? To send a message. Sending a message? What is sending a message? What does sending a message do? Hey, your mortgage is overdue. We're going to send you a message. Is that putting money in, in, into the mortgage? This idea of sending a message, this messaging thing, I don't understand. The Iranians don't function on the messaging model. Al-Qaeda and ISIS don't, don't operate on the messaging model. 
Putin's not operating. She's not operating. Uh, the, the, the bad guys around the world are not operating on the we're going to send a message. No, what they want to do is kill Americans. Are you ready to kill people on the other side? And if so, how so and how many and why? What is your commitment level? What are you going to say to the parents when those 13 come home from the Abbey Gate and you're looking at your wristwatch and you're talking about how your son died in Iraq when he didn't? We need a greater emphasis on strategy or as as Will Ferrell famously did as George W. Bush. Strategy. Uh, we need a greater focus on strategies. I'd like to know if we're going to build the wall, how will it be done? Who will fund the operation? Who is going to get Chuck Schumer the heck off our backs so that we don't have a wide open border anymore? Who's going to be responsible for distracting Schumer and, and Chris Murphy and all these these, these, these silly people inside the Senate or inside the House that are going to be standing in the way of actual progress. And what is progress? How do you define progress? Is it our way or the highway? Is it we'll take 50%? Is it we'll take 55%? What is that going to be? See, we need to, we need to demand a, a more complete plan from these leaders who are just giving you slogans. Make America Great Again is a fine, fine phrase, but how does it manifest in 2024 when Xi Jinping decides he's going to go grab Taiwan? Joe Biden wanted to focus so much on identity politics that we've created a, a very weird blend of politics but no ability to show the importance of achievement these are all the challenges we're facing these are all the challenges we're facing so when you watch a debate what do you have governor haley what do you think about vivek ramaswamy saying that you're a crook what is that serving donald trump Standing across from Joe Biden, which will never happen because Joe Biden will refuse to debate him because he'll say he's an insurrectionist. He's trying to get him disqualified, all that sort of stuff. Um, but what Donald Trump should say to Joe Biden if they get on a debate stage is this. Joe. Did you think it would go this badly when you swore on the Bible to protect this country? Did you have this in mind? Or, or did you have something else in mind? You ask him a question like that, that's got a substantive supposition underneath it, and his gears are going to grind. Same thing. President Biden asking Donald Trump. Why would you think it was okay to send a crowd into the uh, Capitol uh, and have all that de destruction and, and chaos? That's a fair question to ask. He was a president at that time. And let's see what he says. This is what we need, a strategic approach to our enemies abroad and a cohesive set of arguments for us to weigh at home. Thanks to uh, Isaac and TJ. Thanks to 
Anna and Pam and each and every one of you say a prayer for the Burrow family. It's been a real pleasure spending this time with you. Coming up in just a matter of moments, and I mean in just a few seconds, you've got Hubert Davis live. It's the Coach's Show. I'm Brett Witterbull. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT.